Warning, self-destruct sequence activated. Fucking thing sucks! I'm going slightly mad. I'm going slightly mad. It finally happened, happened. It finally happened. Whoa, whoa. It finally happened. I'm slightly mad. Oh dear. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Tales from the East End, brought to you proudly by Pete's Tree Restaurant. Absolutely gorgeous restaurant in uh, the heart of Tallaroy, beside Tallah Stadium. So get on down and oh, I feel like we're just selling our souls here. At the, oh, no, we got a, they are a great restaurant, we're not selling our souls, it's just a joke. But um, no, head on down if you're looking for a pint or something to eat before or after the game. And make sure you mention Tales from the East End. So uh, we have a lot to talk about this week as usual. Uh, we have Bray Limerick, an interview with Ryan LeGrew and Rebecca Dunn, details on our jersey giveaway, which has been flooding Facebook this week. And, uh, it went, uh, went very smoothly indeed, yeah, uh, without a hitch. <laughs> it just didn't go well at all, we'll talk about that <laughs> in a while. But uh, And the usual amazing stat package put together by the one and only Prof Carl Riley. So uh, I'm Gary Parsons and beside me is the Prof Carl Riley. This is our 10th show. La decima. Yeah, we're in double figures now, so we're we're flying along. Um, and we're recording this on a Wednesday for the first time. Brand new time slot. You'll be posted same old on, show. It'll be posted on Thursday mornings at ten a.m. from now on for the foreseeable future. So everybody can let it digest and uh, take all those stats in, and all the absolute muck talk that we come out with. Yeah, that too. Uh, we lost four two in Bray last Friday. We took another early lead, but we went down three one after a five minute collapse at the end of the first half. What do you think of that, Riley? What's your know. thoughts? Ten minutes of madness, as Brad's are called. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it, it was ten minutes of madness, but I mean we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Well, in discipline and conceding penalties, it's just time and time again. It's costing us. It's costing us really badly. Yeah, I I, th- I honestly think this this team needs a bollocking. I mean, somebody needs to get in. And hammered him, but because I mean Webster seems like he wants to get sent off every game. He's wild. Uh, I'd I'd be dragging in Mikey O'Connor. I'd say, right, you, you're fined two weeks wages. Don't do it again. You do, you won't play for the rest of the season. It, ha- it has to be done. That doesn't seem to be anybody there who will. It seems very pally pally. Like was we're on the outside, we don't know much. We only see what we see at games and that. But are they are they getting hammered whenever they do things wrong? Well, Dan Devine, I thought was the same. I think I think he's he can be a really good defender. But he has kind of lost his temper a few times this season. Yeah, a bit of a loose cannon, isn't he? The only probably sane centre-back we have seems to be Sam Bone, who's yeah. a midfielder. Sammy Bones-Jones. Um, or, or Boner, as he's been as known from the stands in Bray. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been a, We've had a shocking discipline record. We've 28 yellows, and we have three reds with two straight reds, and that's after our first 10 games. Yeah. That was our first defeat to Bray in six years. Six years, and, and we never conceded four goals to the meter. That was a first. Yeah, so that's a force as well. Um, Bray's forced two goals. I I thought to be honest, right, Lopez. I I thought he should have had McCabe for the header. He did the same thing out in Richmond Park when yeah the substitute. Yeah, he didn't mark O'Hanlon the car, and he yeah. he just kind of jumped and went with him. He didn't. He wasn't aggressive. 
he didn't get stuck in he didn't track him properly and like I, I do like Lopez I think he's a good player but he was he was poor for that maybe he, he lacked concentration at times but that's once again like McCabe's the smallest guy in the pitch probably he scored four headers for us out of his 59 goals we had six players in the box as Brian Kerr pointed we, out it was crowded yeah and I, like four headers out of 59 goals for overs and then he scored it's just very it's very disappointing and um, we're actually down to 10 men for that first goal yeah that's another thing I didn't like about Buttermer. Um he got that wrong he wouldn't let him back in the pitch oh we're going to get to Buttermer, believe me oh, we, we, we're, you're going to get it Anthony Connolly's goal was well taken uh, he has frightening pace that fella he's like a greyhound it's hard, very hard to defend against yeah the second goal it was a very good goal uh, granted when you slow it down it's, it's a shocking amount of space for leaving them in the centre of the pitch yeah. but it was a very fast move great pace as you say so I thought it was a very good goal I mean but in saying that Aaron Green made it uh, you'd be putting him in the in the stand you know just give him a boot you know he'd react he's that type of guy we did have a very good opening 20 minutes which is like familiar story for us now isn't it yeah. we start well and as Brazier says we just stop playing that happens way too often this season I mean, how, many, how many times can we say that you know it has, yeah. to, it has to end it really does we were looking so good though. like Gary Shaw had a very good game I thought yeah no I mean, when he cut in yeah. uh, if he had to put that ball anywhere to the right it was a goal yeah Graham Burke as well uh, himself and Shaw they just kept turning into the box going out to defenders I thought it was really good I thought, yeah. I thought the second goal was coming Brando's FIFA for our goal where it was amazing he did some yeah. really really good work put Burke in Broke squared and then bang it was easy it, yeah very good move it, it, it was a really nice goal so we do have potential but my god we need we a lot of work to be done um, now we have a, a little bit to say now about this fella so enter Anthony the attention whore buttermer uh, I'm gonna just call it as it is this guy is an incompetent fucking idiot he really is he just wants to be the centre of attention make decisions that don't exist and have never been made before just so he can be number one you know it's that type, he's that type of guy I, I despise him I don't even think he's incompetent I just think he's deranged <laughs> I think he's mentally ill yeah. I think there's the game that we're seeing in front of us and then there's this fantasy world that he lives in <laughs> yeah. it's a Budimer's fantasy game goes on in his head remember what Brian Kerr said about him a few years ago no it's, every time we see him something mad seems to happen yeah that's it it's the games are entertaining I'll give them that but it's not, it's not benefiting anybody you know somebody's going to get injured eventually because there was a couple of tackles a couple of challenges that went in and he didn't even call them didn't even make a foul some of them were yellows and it ended up being a brawl there was a couple of brawls wasn't there Aaron Green should have been sent off mm. she was Armin Webster's face yeah definitely agree with that yeah some some hoops who said they've been watching Rovers for 30 years said they've never seen a penalty like that I, I, I really, certainly haven't I I was, I was at the at the time. I'll admit that I thought he was an idiot to do what he did, Tomer. But when I look back on it, he he didn't do much to be honest. I mean, I watched it back on Soccer Republic, and he fair enough. There was a coming together. He got up, and the two of them had a little go at each other. But then Brennan kind of shoved his elbow into his chest, and then he gave him a little flick or a kick or whatever. He shouldn't have done it still, but I don't think it was a penalty. No, it's definitely not a penalty. No, he ma- he made changed mis- my opinion on that. It definitely wasn't a penalty. Tomer made a mistake. He was anxious to make up for it. So he, he ran to the box. Ryan Brennan barely touched him, to be fair. I don't think Tomer should have reacted. Handbags, wasn't it? Yeah. It was 50-50. Brennan throws an elbow in Tomer's chest. Tomer kind of pushes him away. 
Charles' little kick kind of misses. It's not a penalty, it's just... It's either or. They're both failing each other. Yeah, oh, Bonamar is always lit up. He was thinking, oh, I'm going to do this one. I can't wait to make this decision. Do you know what said at all? The Bray player is laughing. If you watch it back in Soccer Republic... Who laughed? Uh, no way. Well, Green obviously laughed. But if you watch Mark Salmon, he actually hides his face in his jersey. He just can't even believe what he's seen. That's nuts. Do you know what it reminded me of? There was a famous uh, sending off in the Premiership in the 90s. Remember referee Uriah Rennie? Yeah, Uriah Rennie. Yeah. He's like the Premiership equivalent of um, Anthony Buttermer. But uh, yeah, there was a game between Newcastle and Aston Villa. And the ball was in the air. And Alan, Alan Shearer just backed into a Villa player. This is in the centre of the pitch. He hadn't, oh, yeah. been, hadn't been booked yet. He okay. just, just backed into him looking to win a header. As, but, as Shearer did. Uriah Rennie went up to him and gave him a straight red for literally nothing. And there's a, there's a great picture of uh, Ian Taylor, the Villa player. He just rubs his head. He's like, what? <laughs> what was that? What just happened? Like, that's yeah. an opposing player thinking. Yeah, what do you know what? For? They probably have the decision reversed as well because it was unfair. I've seen a couple of instances like that in uh, in world football where, let's say, there was an un- unfair goal given the other team and let the, the, the team score, you know, straight from tip, that type of thing. I've seen that in a couple of games in world football. But, um, yeah, no, the... I, I never want to see Anthony, but- Anthony Butler again. It's he, he's just terrible. Some calls to drop Tomer. I think that's no harsh. Don't think so. I don't. I don't think. Uh, don't think that's a good idea. I think he's a good goalkeeper. He's made two little errors that did lead to a goal, but he was lucky both times. Yeah. No. I don't think he should be dropped. No. That's that's. Uh, I, I don't think Horgan is commanding enough to. Well, we haven't seen him. Only seen true, him one true. game. Uh, Gary McKay was very good. If you if you watch it back and if if you remember the game, he did very little running. He made the ball do the talk and see. He had Green, he had Connolly doing all the leg work, and like all he had to do was what he was good at: play balls in, take shots, and be in that number ten role. So it's working for him at the moment. Uh, he didn't celebrate when he scored. Yeah, it was a nice touch. He's a he's 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 a Rovers lad, to be honest. I mean, he's from Talla. Play. He was our longest serving player for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. But yeah, so I mean, he is. He's a Rovers lad, and he's um, he was a good hoop for us. Could have been a lot better. We applauded him off the pitch. Yeah, uh, I know it's deserved. He's a, he's a nice guy. Actually, yeah, no speak- bad words about us. So, speaking of former hoops, five of Bray's starting eleven were former Rovers players, and five of their players on the bench. So ten, ten former players, and the manager and the assistant manager, and that's in and bar the manager and the assistant manager, that would be recent times, wasn't it? Those ten players. Yeah. I thought we made uh, we made Clancy look good. He's 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 packing some weight, isn't he? Mm. There's some good on him. Kind of made him look like uh, a, a decent centre half. Aaron Green was getting uh, fierce abuse from the stands. <laughs> yeah, I heard uh, that. Remember you were telling me about last week? He was, he was somebody was screaming at me. You're shite. I don't know how many times I heard that. Oh yeah, that was gas. He's probably the only player to score a winning goal in a cup final and get booed. Yeah, well, he got had that coming. His, his celebration was, was uh, stupid if anyone remembers that the East End was closed only the West End was open he came over and started abusing the Rovers fans when he scored four Rovers in the last Senior Cup final against Pat C.Y. so that was um, that wasn't a great move I think that was the end of his career there to be honest at Rovers but it was a positive and there is a positive two great goals by us um, Brando once again like we said his feet were amazing for the first, for the first goal 
super move and super finish by me. And, uh, and James doing a great individual ah, effort. Super, super finish. Jeez, I was watching yeah. that this morning. We, we saw him before school and he was amazed by the doing a goal. His control, his awareness, the ability to hold off the players and then bury it in the bottom corner was actually a really, really good goal. He actually had nothing on. Like There was no nothing. pass available. Three around them, I think. Three players around said, oh, I'll score myself. Yeah, so. I think I'll score here. That'll do. Does he deserve a start now? After that? I think so. But isn't he a central attacking midfielder as the new positions would say isn't that where is that where he plays I mean mostly he came on last season in that role that's that's mm. his strong role in the centre I mean are we going to drop Brando are we going to drop Clark we've got like 10 central midfielders I know yeah it's it's great I, I definitely started doing it though I, I think he looks very very good yeah and I was actually doing his first league goal for Rovers he has scored in that lawn in the FEI Cup last season and of course it was Darren Meenan's first league goal he scored in the league cup in the previous game yeah I think uh, I think Duno does deserve a start um, he's on the verge now he's unlucky in Richmond he got taken off tactically um, took his goal extremely well we said that like he's tidy he's tidy on the ball silky tight player so he could get a start I, especially with a goal he'd be disappointed not to start wouldn't he with a goal like that mm. a good cameo the Finn issue again um, I thought do you know what he reminded me of a quarterback from in, in the NFL he he's collecting the ball very deep and he, in fairness, there was some effective passing, but he was just launching long passes, taking it off the centre halves, and then launching passes over the fullback's head so Shaw could chase it. That seemed to be Finn's role for that game. It worked at times. I mean, Shaw was getting in behind. He's very pacey, but that's that's what Finn did for most of that game, didn't he? Do you remember when we made these signings, uh, Ronald Finn, David McCall? Do you remember how excited we were? Yeah. Because the amount of goals we were imagining we would score. And McAllister has been defensive every game. And where is he now? How can you go from a never-present, play every game, to not play the last three, maybe? Not, have not even come on. Maybe he came on once. What's going on there? The only game, funny enough, was Finn Harps, when they both scored. They both had long-range goals. They are both pushed up the pitch. Yeah. But other than that, they've been very defensive this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure what to, what to say about that. I mean, it's... It's like we t- we'd love to see Finn getting up the park, but you know what? If if that's where he's gonna play, he he, he can do a job there, you know. But we, do do we have to resort to players doing a job? And we can go back to the whole player issue where they're playing out of position, and there's a couple of players you could say are playing out of position. Well, Sam Bond, in fairness, was very good in that game. He was. He was. I think he's a smashing young player. In the first half, he made a crucial interception. Yeah, it was very a really good tackle, goal. wasn't it? Yeah cruncher but like I said I mean you could say Trevor Clark's playing out of position you could say Bone is out of position you could say Finn is out of position um, who else is there you could say Brando's out of position I mean these are players that are pretty much playing out of their known roles well Lopez did play midfield a lot for balls I think yeah so he can play either defence or midfield I'd nearly give him a start at centre half at this stage but that'll be on that'll be in the prediction section but uh, it was a big crowd uh, as usual Rovers fans stay loyal and follow no matter what so that's that's the one thing I do love about Rovers I mean I saw online that uh, Jason Maloney had a nostalgic post about the Forest Division I think it's too early for that Jason mm-hmm. yeah kickoff was delayed for the second straight away game this, yeah. this time due to crowd congestion and if anyone was uh if anyone likes to hold on to their Rovers memorabilia, you wouldn't have got a stub there with most of us because if you had cash on you, some fella just stood there and then put it in his pocket. <laughs> the steward that was taking the, the the cash off people. 
probably earned a fortune from that game yeah I'd say so huge I, I don't think 2200 was the actual attendance to be honest <laughs> he's probably lying about his figures now our next six fixtures uh, could prove very tricky uh, who have we got Riley well Limerick at home tomorrow as we know then we okay well, I'll tell you what as you go through them I will call out predictions I don't think you should do that because <laughs> yeah. do you remember you said those are nine points about those games oh, against Saigo, Drogheda and don't start. go on I'll just, leave it I'll leave it I don't want to jinx us we're, futile, already, we're already cursed but uh, yeah Cork and Derry away are in those six Yeah. so you'd worry about those two and uh, Dundalk like Tala so Dundalk have to go to Tala I think we've balls away do we yeah that's a tough couple of games tough couple of games if you look at the the middle of the table like it's all very close I mean 5 points separate 4th place from ninth place yeah I think it's going to continue like that for the rest of the season so like we're we're as close to Europe as we are relegation well, we, don't say, we don't say the R word very yet, close no. in there we won't be yeah. saying the R word yet Carl yeah and then we'd actually overtake Limerick on Friday with a 4-0 win so that's it 4 goals clean she Bob's your uncle yeah, there he is Sally Gerandi and uh, we have Cork looking to win the whole first round of fixtures no one has done that since Rovers did for 50 years ago so hopefully they fall flat on their face yeah. and uh, they don't break the record a 50 year record Coffee would love that wouldn't he a lot of people have been asking me what the all time record is um, it was actually Balls won the first 15 in the 1920s in the 20s yeah yeah and no, that doesn't count it's Balls so if they get to 15 Guess who they have to play to reach number 16 oh, and set boss. the all-time record? No. Carl Dundalk? No, when we visit Cork on May 26th. No way. That would be the number 16. No, they won't. I'd say we'll be up in the second or third by then. So well, they've we'll, Bray on we'll Friday. We'll be challenging. That's going to be a good game. There'll be goals in yeah. there. Uh, Derry have no wins in five, which is um, surprising considering... McGinn Park seemed to be a bit of a fortress at the start of the season but uh, yeah that's two points in five games since Ryan McBride passed away and knocked out the league cup as well by Galway yeah things aren't going too well for them at the moment on the pitch so um, now we'll move on to Paddy McCart this guy does not age his highlights again were a joy to watch. That guy's he's his passing is unbelievable. And you know what? Paddy do a job for us. So like he did everything in his in his power to set up his teammates. They just couldn't score. See the amount of chances Harps had. He was playing in some outrageous passes. Oh, those passes. They had a finisher, they would like be fought. Yeah, they they really would. I take Paddy back. Hashtag bring Paddy back. Stick him in there and he'll run the show for us. I think that's what we need. I saw him in the tunnel after uh, we played Harps and Tala and I was genuinely starstruck yeah <laughs> which, which is funny because I, I see Damien Duff back there all the time but he's kind of been around for a while so I'm like oh there's, there's Damien Duff yeah that's only Duffer yeah but then, then McCord shows up which was it's ridiculous because Duff is an Ireland legend 100 caps but then McCord goes by me and I was like whoa yeah, that's pretty McCord that's the man the man that the the legend that could have been really isn't it? I believe there's a story out there. I reckon the Larrys, one of the Larrys, could tell us about this. The Rovers away trip under Roddy up north. Uh, Kenny Barrett, I reckon you're the man for that story. Next time we're in Dublin, you let us know. Apparently there was a a piss up with the with the players. Not too sure how, how it went down, but we'd love to hear that story. So Kenny Barrett, when you're home in Glasgow, let us know and we'll set up an interview. 
uh, move on to our under 19s. We drew nil all the way to Waterford, and the under 17s beat Wexford 5 0. So, a comprehensive win in Tala last weekend, and a tough draw out in Waterford. Um, our 19s are away to draw it in the end of McGill Cup on Saturday at 12. So, if any hoops are at a loose end, head out there and support our young guns. And our 17s are at home to UCD on Sunday at 2pm. Now we also have a big, big final to look forward to on the 13th of May out in Wayside's ground, Jackson Park. Half 12, our under 12s will be kicking off in the All-Ireland final against St. Kevin's. Now Shane Robinson told us a lot about this. And uh, he said that they're working with them since they're 8. And they beat Westport 4-0 in the semis. And they beat the Orchard on penalties in the quarters. So... This is one of the teams that's training four nights a week. They're uh, they're putting a lot of effort in. So if anyone's out there and you and you fancy going to support our young hoops, we we'll get the ultras out and get some sort of pyro going, create an atmosphere. And uh, it's on the 13th of May out in Wayside, Jackson Park at half twelve. So uh, go out and show your support for the young hoops. They are the future. Now we'll move on to an interview we had from last week, and it's Ryan and Rebecca. Okay, I'm here with Ryan the Grew and Rebecca Dunn. How did you get into Rovers and what was your first game? Uh, I got into Rovers through my family. So every, my dad goes, but I wasn't allowed to go to Rovers until I was old enough. My mum didn't want me going on buses with la- drunk lads, which now that I go on buses with drunk lads, I do understand why she didn't want me there. So I think my first game was probably when I was like, well, I was, went like the odd occasion I was allowed to go when I was younger, so it was like Talca Park and stuff. But my first proper game was the opening night here in Tala. So I got hooked, and then I was Lego every every game. So I don't miss a game. Ryan, your first game? Uh, I think it was in. I was. I would have been about five or six at the time. It was against. I think it was. It was against Finn Harps. We won. I think it was four nil. I don't know. If, I don't know the scores or anything like that. But I do remember. Yeah, we won four nil, and the, f- the football. We played nice stuff at the time and all that. But I think just passion in the stands like I mean I didn't think uh, uh, see I when I was younger I uh, I would have been a big well I would have been a big Man United fan I suppose and I still am but keep an eye on the results but I mean uh, my dad was always saying come along throw us come along throw us and I didn't think it'd be that good to be honest but he did I, I said yeah I'd go along on one day and I said it was in Tolga and we we played against uh, yeah Finn Harps and won 4-0 and just seeing people in the stand just getting all you know I think we were in the first division at the time, so I think we we made it. I think we won it on the last day of the season in Cove as well. That was the day after my birthday as well. Um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't say I, I became hooked at that exact time. It would have been as would have been maybe the first season in Tallows when I started going home and away regularly. But I did go to a lot of home games back then, and I did I did go to maybe three or four away games a season obviously it would have been mostly in Dublin like against Pats and Bowes but yeah no uh, it would have been that was me I got following Rovers too my dad he'd been gone since Milltown and then when they left there stopped a bit but when they got back to the RDS I think he started going regularly and yeah I have him to thank for me following Rovers ok so now I'll ask you what your favourite ever Rovers game is so starting with Rebecca Um, I don't know Last year, the 4 0 win against Bowes was pretty great, I have to say. Hopefully, we can have it again today. Uh, I don't, yeah, I'd probably say that. And even though uh, Gavin Brennan scored, even though he wouldn't exactly be my favourite player. It was a cracker, in fairness. It was a cracker, I give him that. But You've had a favourite game? The first game, even? Yeah, probably the first game. 
um, or even uh, yeah, probably the first game. That's what got me hooked. Like, thank God I was I got I was lucky enough to get a ticket. People snapping because it's like my brothers were like, "Why is she going? She doesn't even score overs." But like, I was lucky enough to get a ticket and yeah, haven't looked back. Yeah, that would have been. Uh, I think I had the season ticket the year before in the last season in Tolka that was my first season ticket but yeah no this is um, that was the start of something special the first night in Tallaght um, obviously the place was jammers it was only the main stand open at the time so everyone particularly in block A and B was just it was, um, it was pretty jammers and then obviously I'd say that was that was really good that was a good that was a good game but my my own favourite would probably be a few months later against Bowes where Twigs scored the two goals in the last four minutes or something that was just Obviously, it was a few years ago, but I do know for a fact that at the time, Bowers were at their top of the time, top of the table, and they just come off. I think they won the double season before, and they were just they were supposed to be in. I think they played us in daily mounts at the start of the season. They beat us kind of comprehensively, and I suppose that was. I suppose we kind of went into that game with more kind of hope than expectation, really. But um, I just when Jason Bourne scored the penalty, and I don't think it was a great game, that to be honest with you, um, but. Uh, it was more, I think, just last few minutes absolutely hectic. Like um, I was at the very, I think it was at the very back of the stands. But uh, when, when, the, when the uh, when the first when the winner went in, I was at the very front. And yeah, no, it was it was a special day. And it was a, uh, I suppose, up till then, I, from what I can remember, I don't think we were we were near the top. But I think that was when we were like, well, can we win the league this year? And I know, I know we didn't in the end, but we gave it a good go. And, yeah, I'd say that would probably be my favourite Rovers game to date so far. So, your favourite Rovers player, again, Rebecca? Oh, my favourite Rovers forever is Craig Sivis. Absolutely love him. I cried when he left. Because he left around the same time as Twig. Everyone was focusing on Twig, but all I cared about was Craig Sivis leaving. I was devastated. I Even the club we played for Cow and... I can't forget Cowan. Beats, is it? Yeah, they follow me on Twitter and all. Like they know that I like I still stalk him around. Well, he doesn't play anymore, I don't think. But uh, still, he's my favourite player ever. Solid partnership with Dan Murray. Definitely. Yeah. And um, obviously, my favourite would be Gary Twig. Um, I think just he was there when we needed him the most, and I think he was just poacher in the box, and the amount of goals he scored would have been was excellent, and then. Special. I give special mentions to. Uh, I really like Stephen Rice when he was here. I just thought he was 100, 110% every game. He'd never let us down on the pitch. Uh, another one probably be Barry Murphy. I always like Baz. Don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Oh yeah. I just don't know why. I just always I always liked Baz for so long, and I was good when he left last year. But uh, but um. And another player who I was kind of fond of when he said he wasn't with us for too long, but Dan Murray. Very, uh, I, I don't think we've replaced him since he left to be honest with you I think centre, centre half has been a position that we've kind of been struggling on in recent years and I just thought there's a great picture when we scored when Stephen O'Donnell scored the winning penalty in the grade of him on his knees uh, celebrating I think that that was brilliant so uh, yeah it'd be Twig with special, uh, special mentions to uh, Royster, Baz and Don Murray Right so last question do you have any favourite fan story that you'd like to tell? Uh, well, I'd say, I was just talking to Karen inside, I'd say it was when we won the league in 2011. I had an exam in UCD, and then I went to watch the match, so I had all my stuff for my exam, 
and then we scored the winning goal. Everyone ran onto the pitch, and I ran onto the pitch, and Karen turned around, and my bag that I had all my stuff in had just like broke, and all my economics books were like all over the pitch, and I just just kept running. I was like, I say that's probably obviously winning the league in UCD, and then Estonia was like ripped class. It was like one of the best trips I've ever been on with Rovers. Absolute class. Right. It'd probably be the league. Uh, my favourite uh, memory would, would have probably been the, the game in Bray. I know that the, the trip was, we got there obviously kind of early and there was loads of Rover Suns around that day, but um, I just think the way in which we kind of nearly threw it away the weeks before, like it was like we were, we, had, we were in a really good position at the start of October and this was like we did our absolute best to throw it away, but um, no, we, we uh, I think when Bowes lost in, in Galway that time I think and that, that would have been a good one as well in the East End we, I don't think we were playing too well against Strahd it was nil all at half time but we knew that I think then just as the second half start I think Ward got out because Bowles had kicked off earlier that they, they were leading and then I just think I just think someone kind of let it out they roared and I just the stadium erupted that night uh, obviously won the game in the end I think Stewart got a goal in Twig I think it might have got the other I forget who got the second but Stewart definitely got one Tommy Stewart and uh, yeah just the scene down Braden the next week was a uh, was fantastic. I don't think I could go. To, I know mean, last it was it was in primary school at the time, and actually the last day of uh, naturally the last day of uh, kind of term just for Halloween. You don't really do much, but I just I couldn't go to school that day. I just asked him after the day off. Me nerves the night before were shouting because there was still there was still a chance Bose could uh, Bose could uh, Bose could actually do it. I think they had to score like five goals and they had to rely on Bray to be us. So I think they actually won five 0 that night as well and. Uh, we think it was two all in our game, and uh, but now just the probably running onto the pitch at the end like that was there that that was scenes I'd never seen before. Um, and just and just I think in Bray behind the goal, uh, normally it's just kind of a small hill. There was a small hill, but uh, I just recall the place being absolutely jammed that night. I mean the normal away end to cross the pitch packed behind the goal packed Orsons and even this main stand well the small little stand in Bray. I think half of that was full of rovers as well, and just seeing the amount of people there, and to be outnumbered, we outnumbered them completely, and I just think that probably that game. So Rebecca loves big Craig Sivers, yeah, great choice, great choice, uh, a man mountain of a centre half, really, really uh, liked him during his time under O'Neill. Yeah, we're all waiting for Ryan just to mention Baz. It took a while to get to him, but he got there. Yeah, he was, uh, he was, he was holding back, wasn't he? Now we're going to move on to the Limerick stats, the Profs stat section. Carol so, Stats, sponsored by Peace Tree East. That's it. Yeah, good man. Keep plugging, keep plugging. <laughs> uh, Limerick are unbeaten under Willie Bowland. Former Coventry player, is is that right? Yeah, we said that a couple of weeks ago, I remember. Yeah, he looks different now. Well, obviously 20 years to do that to you. Uh, two wins and two draws. Uh, they'll fancy their chance, come to tell. Same as Harps did. Definitely will, yeah. Um, Shane on the Oldress Farm said something that was kind of scary. <laughs> he said uh, he said Michael O'Neill Stephen Kenny Trevor Crowley and Pat Fennan they all had to contend with teams who parked the bus against us yes to stop us from playing whereas this year nobody's parking any bus no th- th- because we look like we're parking a bus that's what it seems like we're letting teams enforce their plans on us and then we're trying to deal with them and we're not dealing with them we're just dealing at the moment that's all we're doing so it's good, good, uh, very observant point there, Carl. I like that. Just keep that up. <laughs> well, it was Shane, wasn't me. <laughs> no, you could take it on. Okay. 
Uh, Rodrigo Tosi is their top. Am I saying that right? Rodrigo Tosi or Tosi? I don't know. I'm not too sure. But either way, he is their top scorer with five goals. Hat-trick in the first game of the season on his competitive debut. Yeah, he was the first player to get a hat-trick on the opening day of the Premier Division since Eric Levine. Ah, Galway. Eric Levine. Yeah. Went on to play for Longford, I think. Yeah. I think I've seen him play in a cup final in Longford. Or I think when Longford won the cup final, yeah, I was there at that one. In the Aviva? It wasn't the Aviva. When was Probably it? Probably Lansdowne Road. Lansdowne Road, that's the one. Um, I think he scored as well that day. Uh, against Bray, Rovers lit in four goals in a league game for the first time since our 4-1 defeat at Limerick in August in 2014. That was Trevor Crowley's last game in charge. Trevor Crowley's last game in charge. And now he is at his level. Bowles assistant manager. Bowles assistant manager. Is that his level? I think so. That'll do. Him and his spreadsheets. Rovers have the same amount of points after 10 games as they did in 2008 and 2013. I like that. I like that stat. I didn't know that. So 2013 was under... Crowley. We didn't qualify for Europe in either of those seasons, so I don't know why you would like that. Well, I just like the stat, Ari. Okay. Take the compliment. <laughs> the Hoops uh, didn't draw any of their first 13 league games last season. So I didn't know that one either. Well, I, I knew, but... It, you're pointing it out to me. Oh, th- thanks again, Carol. You're welcome. Rovers looking for three straight league wins over Limerick for the first time since a run of seven from 1986 to 88. And since God left the club, Gary Twig, Brandon Miele is the only player to score four goals against one team in a league season, and that was Limerick in 2015. So, uh, Brando likes a goal against these. Yeah, remember Twig used to always get four or five against Drahada and Dundalk every Loved season. Drahada, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he scored some great goals. No one does anymore, though. Just me, no. eh? No, we'll get one again. Wait for the Rollstone to produce a, a young starlet. Score goals for us and bring him up to the academy. So we have Limerick's last away league win over overs was a 4-1 victory at the RDS in December 1992. Mm-hmm. Long time since they beat <laughs> us on the road. Limerick haven't been involved in a scoreless draw since July 2015 in Derry. So there's, been, there's goals in them. Their last nil-all draw with Rovers was in Ratbane in October 1992. And they have finished in the top five of a top flight season only once in the last 30 years. And that's when they came toward in 1988-89. Is that the year Derry won the, did the treble? Yeah, they won the treble. And Stephen Bradley finished his playing career with the Blues from 2012 to 2013. That was in the fourth division as well, wasn't it? Well, they came up in 2013. So... One one season, the first yeah. division, and then the Premier. Did you see uh, Mark McCadden post uh, the back page of the Daily Star? No. From January 4th, 2000. And the headline was, Gunners snap up Irish starlet. Oh, do you know what? I did read that, and I remember reading it not too long ago as well. Talked about Bradley's uh, rise to, to stardom as a youth, wasn't it? Yeah, it said, Arsenal have snapped up Ireland's most sought-after teenage footballer, Stephen Bradley, yeah. in a deal worth more than £250,000. Man United and Liverpool were after him too. Yeah, no, he was. He was uh, He was really sought after. And um, now we're going to move on and it's time for the starting 11s and predictions. Now, I've been toying around with this all week and I, I it's a good thing to change your formation every week. I'm going to I'm gonna go with a... I'm going to go something out of, out of blue again. And I'm gonna, you're gonna love this. I'm gonna go with a four-three-two-one Christmas tree formation. Oh, the good old Christmas Christmas tree, yeah. And I'm gonna keep Tomer and goal. Terry Venables like that. Oh God, we have to rethink it now. <laughs> uh, 
uh, towering goal, and I'm gonna have Bourne and Lopez. Yeah, I know, I know. I spoke about Lopez struggling to mark and track back at times, but I think we need new combo at the back. And Webster looks increasingly frustrated lately, so he, he seems to be lashing out a lot. So I'm gonna have Bone and Web. No, Bone. I'm gonna have Bone and Lopez centre half with Bourne and Madden as fullbacks. And since Finn is pretty much taking the ball off our centre halves constantly, I'm just going to play him there. I'm going to play him centre midfield. And I'm going to have Clark and Duna on either side of Finn. You, they're not centre midfielders. They're not as wide as the likes of Billy Dainey under O'Neill. And they're not hugging the touchline, but they're just a little bit wide. And then I'd have Clark and Brando behind Shaw. So it's a crazy formation this week. But I think we need to go all out and attack them and play two behind the striker. Two number 10s, you could say. Yeah, you weren't kidding. That is a man for me. Yeah, it's totally mad, but I think we need something like that to just get us out of this slump. Yeah, I'm all for Lopez coming in for Webster, and I'd like to see Duna come in for Meenan. So, like those changes. Otherwise, as we mentioned last week, I think Trevor Clark is at left back for the season. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be very interesting when Luke Burns, or when or if Luke Burns comes in. I'd like to see him left back and Trevor Clark left wing. I think majority of people listening want that to happen but I think he's going to stay left back yeah but then where do we put Lugie mm. I mean like I said before I love seeing Luke at centre half so maybe we could put him in you could switch around you could put Luke centre half with Lopez you could put Trevor left full Madden right full but then again are we accommodating players and this is a big squad it's, it's, it's I can only imagine how Bradley feels each week having to pick this team it's a tough tough decision there's a lot of players there a lot of good players well, Paul Curry is back. He's in contention. Paul Curry is back as well. There you go. I forgot that. If you, you were, left him out of the team, I'd probably put him in. If you were picking our starting eleven, not on what you've seen, but purely on who our best players are, I think we'd both put Paul Curry in, wouldn't we? Yeah, I, th- I would. He'd, he'd be one of the first names on my team sheet anyway. I think he's a really good midfielder. But um, match practice is a big thing. So how many games is he going to have under his belt before he comes into the first team again? He's going to need a lot of competitive... Not competitive, but he's going to need games and that's going to have to be in friendlies so as for a prediction I'm going to jump in here first for a change go on I'm going to say 4-0 oh yes 4-0 to overtake Limerick on goal difference and straight down to Paddy Power our gambling partners let's not forget mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure we'll get enhanced odds for showing our season tickets so let's see if you can beat my enthusiasm Gary. 4-0 what do you think 4-0 uh, I'm going to say 3-0 and like I said a display of attacking purest total football from my Christmas tree formation which leaves us with one midfielder and everybody else attacking so we could be overrun the middle but um, like I said that's how we want to win it's it's point the sky stuff but if we were to realistically go go through that it could, uh, could be a little bit darker now we're going to move on to our contest this has been uh, the talk of Facebook all week trending on Twitter We've had 256 entries, 156 went for a win, 70 said a draw, and 30 predicted a defeat. Yeah, it really separated the optimist from the pessimist, didn't it? Yeah, a couple of realists as well. I mean, I I, I never predict a Rovers defeat. I, I I can't do it, you know. But if you're to, if you're a betting man, you're, that's that's the way some people did. So they wanted to win a jersey, and they went with. Well, naturally, yeah. I took a statistical interest in some of these guesses. So uh, a couple of people said three all which hadn't happened in seven years. 
Right. That was Sporting Fingal. Remember that one? Yeah, that was a cracker out in the, the with the torrential rain. Torrential rain, yeah. Royce are scoring. I remember Royce's goal. The rain was almost as bad as Modena, according to people who were ah, there. Ah, it was crazy. It was nuts. Which Finn was playing for them that day, actually. Rona Finn. Yeah. A couple of people said a 4-3 win. And that hadn't happened in 19 years. Away to Bray, ironically. Away to Bray was the last 4-3 win. Yeah. And one person said a 4-2 defeat, which hadn't happened in 14 years. And what was the against, last four to the Against defeat? Shelburne. Against Talca Shelburne Park. and Talca Park. And that person was right. Joe Monks. Yeah, Joe Monks, who apparently isn't a Rovers fan. Yeah. But Joe, you will be put to the test in our questions from the East End finale. So, um... More on that later. We're more on that later, yeah. So we're Oh, by the way, one guy edited his post to say 4-2 loss. Yeah, nice try. <laughs> nice try, buddy. <laughs> we're going to move on to our answers now from our mathematical rovers question that we put up to determine our finalists okay so when you take Dave McAllister's squad number which is 16 multiply by the number of seasons Derek Tracy paid for rovers that's 17 and you multiply the number of League of Ireland shields won by rovers which is 18 you get 4,896 divide that by the number of red cards rovers have this season 3 and then you minus the number of league goals, Brand- league goals that Brandon Mille has scored in his Rovers career, which is twenty-two, plus the official minute in which Gary McCabe scored against Partizan Belgrade and Tada, that was eighty-one, plus the number of clubs that Rohan Ricketts has played for since leaving Rovers, which is seven. You get one thousand six hundred and ninety-eight, and then finally divide that by the goal difference margin, in which Rovers won the two thousand ten league title, two. You get eight, four, and nine. That was the correct answer. Definitely not one nine oh one nineteen oh one, which everybody seemed to jump on board, and I don't know why because it was the quickest answer. So there was at least ten, fifteen of them already putting down nineteen oh one, and they'd still go and write it down, even realizing that's the quickest answer for us. But that's not even when we were founded. Do people not hear like yeah. it's eighteen ninety nine now? That's why yeah. the suite is called that now. Yeah, it's funny stuff. The first two people to get it right were Owen McGuire and Sean O'Connor. So uh, some people posted three or four different answers before they got it. But um, we're not having any of that, are we? Yeah. So they got to the final and Jason Maloney got a bleeding headache. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even attempt it, did he? Didn't, yeah. even, didn't even put an answer down. Um, oh, and by the way, if you're thinking, you're probably thinking, I was behind this uh, convoluted numerical quiz. But no, it was actually all Gary's idea. But there's people out there, right, who, who looked at this and said, I'll have a bit of that. <laughs> I reckon I can do this. Like Owen. Owen did. Owen was quick. He was quick, yeah. wasn't he? Very he was though. straight in there. And he even put up the, even put up the answers. He he yeah. did it out like it was his leaving cert. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote down all the, the rough work. So Joe, Owen and Sean will take a special Rovers edition of Questions from the East Stand on Tuesday in the Glemelor suite before the Longford game at half six. So if you want to be part of the audience, go ahead, show up and... Uh, have a couple of points and get stuck in and see what happens in the quiz. So uh, get there and check out these two trivia heavyweights exchange blows and this bout of mental warfare. Or see how this contest can still go wrong somehow because it's probably cursed. <laughs> yeah, everything has gone wrong so far yeah. in, in some way or another but we've uh, managed to redeem ourselves but uh, ho- hopefully it goes off without, uh, without a hitch. There is a picture in the reception at Tallah Stadium of what the new stand will look like and word is meant to start 
soon enough and look class so hopefully it stops that ferocious wind that comes in from the mountains yeah more lego seating yeah more which, which is fine we're, we're not there not debate again no we won't talk about the seats not no. the color of the seats there's more uh, there's more important issues um uh, great work on young Jaden's bedroom by the way yeah, walls painted in green and white that took that took forever took forever still have hand cramps but it was well worth it he loves it so I'm looking for um, I'm, I'm thinking about trying to hand paint the crest but if anyone comes up with a vinyl I saw that uh, there, there's not many floating around so if anyone knows where I can get a nice a big rover sticker let us know I'd be uh, very uh, I'd appreciate that very much we have a special rovers members night in the suite tomorrow Tony Ward is the guest so uh, members if you put your name down for that head on down should be a good uh, pre-match hospitality package it usually is and we have another event coming our way it's Rover's annual 5k fun run on the bank holiday Monday so if you're not too full of gargle and bloated from the weekend well, I'm still tired from the walk <laughs> two weeks ago I don't think we'll be doing the 5k on, on bank holiday Monday but uh, well you never know we might go out and uh, we can walk it we could even get a couple of interviews but it's at 11am at start at Time and Park, so get your running jocks on. Uh, you want to talk about Pat Flynn? He's at it again, isn't he? Well, the tweet went, went viral, didn't it? Theresa May, this is your England. 50,000 people chasing 10 Kenyans through the streets of London. Yeah, he's brilliant. I th- honestly, do you know what we should do towards the end of the season when we're having a special, which we will be having? We should uh, we should get him and Brian Kerr on and just let them, have, just let them go at each other. I think Johnny Blues might be beneath Brian Kerr. Uh, Brian's alright. He's I know he's a Pats man, but he he gets a pass for me for just being so funny. Will he come to our humble abode here? I'd say so. Brian Brian be alright. We can even convert him. Um Barcelona lost 3-0 to Juve over two legs in Europe, so well done, Barca. You're as good as Shamrock Rovers. So as our if our current form is is getting you upset, don't feel down. Just keep on hooping, folks. See ya. No more.